1: hello stranger are you there
0: that's so funny because that's totally what i was thinking of saying to you
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is scary we are like on the same wavelength we absolutely are which is amazing (laughs) How are we doing y'all recovered from my trip
0: Yeah. Yes, I'm still tired, but I'm also plowing through and trying to get back into the normal routine of everyday life. Because you're a fighter, just like your
1: mother. Don't
0: really have a choice. I have to just get on with it. Hey, give yourself some pats
1: on the back. Well, we better get into this book or we'll never get it covered.
0: Okay, well, I feel like I'm going to
1: be pretty uh, quick covering this book, honestly, but we'll see. Oh, for God's sake, why do we even do this if you don't... (laughs) what your issue is take this seriously <laughs> this is important we're contributing to society i do i have seven pages of notes oh all right go ahead
0: well, i i have notes i'm anyways today's book is <laughs> wild scottish night a fun opposites attract magical romance by trisha o'malley And it is book one in the
1: Enchanted Highlands book series. Yes, and I was very excited to read it because obviously it's in Scotland.
0: Yes, and I feel like... I like these books, but we've done so much lately. I'm like our listeners must hate us and our obsession. They probably want our trip to be over so bad, so we could venture out to other book settings around the world.
1: Yes, we need to stop with the Scottish books because I'll be over. Our, I'll be over our trip before we even get there.
0: All right. Well, having said that, uh, next week's book is also set in Scotland.
1: But after that, I swear. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Yeah, we we swear after that, it will not be in Scotland. hmm hmm yes, yes, I promise. <laughs> well, I find it interesting, though, that, you know, you don't... How many books have we read? Thousands, and they're never set in France or Italy or Spain. Is it because Scotland is enchanted and has magic? I think it's kind of like New Orleans, where
0: it's Mm. kind of known for that so a lot of books are set there because it kind of has that built in lore around it
1: I I haven't even read as many books set in New Orleans as I have in Scotland I don't think I have either but you know I'm just saying so did you read the annotation or no Uh, the
0: it's funny because when I downloaded my notes it called the thing at the beginning of the book an epigraph, and I don't know if I've ever heard that term before. Me either. Did you Google it? No, I mean, I guess I could have, but it's
1: not a dedication, but it was like a quote at the beginning of the book. Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm reading, I'm talking about how the book opens, but go ahead. Do you want to read the dedication?
0: So it's just a quote at the very beginning, and I highlighted it because I liked it. It says, she wasn't looking for a knight she was looking for a sword. It attributes that to Atticus. And then after that, there was actually a glossary of Scottish words and slang, which was kind of cool. Is it super loud in the background? I got my fucking cats are in here and they're trying to play.
1: (laughs) I hear them, but you know, I'm not as insane as you when it comes to background noise. I don't hear it. I have the... I can block anything, including you while you're speaking. Okay, great.
0: (laughs) Hopefully, it's not super loud in the background because they are playing with one another right now.
1: I do hear the tinkling
0: of cat bells. Oh, now he's decided to play with the loudest thing on the cat tree. (laughs) What a (laughs) jerk. (laughs) Oh, oh, you said we're not being loud? Let me fix that right away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you're the one that insists on having cats, and w- everybody knows cats are jerks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They really but that's are. That's fine.
0: Yeah, they are. Okay, so now we're at chapter one. Is that what you wanted to? That's what you were talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Okay, go ahead. Yeah.
1: So chapter one starts, and we are at the reading of a, a will, and there is apparently a man named Arthur McKnight of the Knights Protective Service. Has passed away. He has seven wives. Six, obviously, are ex-wives. His last wife is named Lottie. And she, I guess, was the person that really got him and was his true love. And the person that is sitting with Lottie is named Sophie. She is... Arthur's niece and they took over raising her when she had problems with her her real parents and he brought them her back to his house and raised her as his own basically by
0: problems with her parents I think you mean her parents are assholes and that when she was 12 (laughs) they packed up all her stuff and left her a note on the counter that said have fun at boarding school basically Peace out and didn't even say goodbye to her. It's really horrible. So, after that happened, her uncle really stepped in and was more of a father to her than her actual father.
1: Yeah, and Arthur loved to tell her stories about myths and legends and unexplainable things. Um, He even built his house, because he's apparently loaded, to look like a castle in Scotland. And she has a really good looking boyfriend named Chad, but he's really not there for her. At one point, it
0: says she liked the idea of Chad more than she liked Chad himself, which I totally get when you're dating yes. somebody outside of your comfort zone and you're like well i haven't had much luck with the guys i have been dating let me date somebody totally opposite of what i normally go for and then it still doesn't really work out i could totally feel that sentiment
1: well i could too because that's exactly what happened with my second husband i'm like i am sick of these bad boys that i go to they only end up breaking my heart i wasn't even Really attracted to him, but I thought he is the polar opposite an engineer. You know, I'm just going to make myself spend time with him. We ended up getting married, and he was far more twisted and the worst husband. <laughs> I ever had out of all of them. Uh How interesting. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it? So you never know. Even when you think you're doing the polar opposite, on some level, they're exactly the same. Scary. It is scary. That's why I'm single and enjoy it. Anyway, she ends up, he tells her, I loved this part because my Scottish friends are now coaching me on how to correctly pronounce words when for when we are in Scotland they are playing amazing grace on the bagpipes and she starts remembering when he was telling her a story about a Scottish warrior that was looking for his love and the Highland coos so now I know how to say Healing coos while we're over there instead of highland cows that's not how you say it though it's spelt c-o-o it's coo my Scottish people told me. So, all yeah, pointing- I know, but, it, but it's a cow, right? Yes, but I will be pointing every single one out to you and oh, saying, God. look, it's a hot, it's a coo. Come oh, on. Okay. <laughs> They're adorable. They have bangs and horns. They're very cute. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, are you ready to go to chapter two? Yeah. Okay.
0: Chapter two is then in the point of view of a man named Lachlan. He is in the Scottish village of Lauren Bray and he works at the Mack Alpine Castle. Um, He doesn't have a great family situation himself, but his is more due to the fact that his mom died when he was 11. And in his chapter, we learn about something called the Order of Caledonia. Mm -hmm. He's skeptical about that, but a lot of people in town believe in it. And the village gets a lot of their business from tourists, but they're losing some of this business because it is no longer safe, because that Order of Caledonia has basically been disbanded. The people of the village want to restore the order, but in order to do so, they need to get the first member, which is known as the Knight. And this person is someone named Arthur McKnight, the very same Arthur McKnight, who was Sophie's uncle who recently passed away. We know that, but they don't know that. Correct. And this order needs to be in place to protect the Klocknephryn, which is a magical stone of... On an island in the middle of the lock, which is basically a lake near their village. And until the order is restored, there's Kelpies that are keeping the stone secure and
1: protected
0: so chapter two is basically a lot of info dumping yeah of of what happened
1: and his mom dying and he thinks that it's the kelpies that killed her he doesn't know but he wants to he thinks it is the kelpies and he wants to avenge her death so they say she drowned because she got too
0: close to the island and these kelpies live in the lock and they're protectors of the island and so yes he that's how he's kind of connected to all of this
1: and that rock is
0: called the Stone of Truth. I don't know if we learn it here or later on in the book, but if you get that stone, then you get all the knowledge in the universe, which is why it needs to be protected.
1: Yes, they're very concerned that it's going to fall into the wrong hands.
0: So we go from his chapter back to Sophie's. We go switching back and forth in this book. So when we go back to Sophie's chapter, um, they're finally doing the reading of the will. This part I didn't really enjoy. One of the things that happens at the reading of the will is that Sophie's mom, Mom gets offered millions of dollars by the deceased uncle to divorce her husband basically never speak to him again and be a real mom to sophie for once in her life yeah but of course she doesn't do that because she's being controlled by this a-hole i felt like it was like unnecessarily mean to have that happen but i could kind of see the uncle's perspective, because to him, he wants Sophie to realize that she's been holding out hope for her parents and that they're really... Irredeemable. That is and, exactly why. Yeah, and she needs to move on with her life. So then um Sophie gets to her part of the will. What she gets from the will is she gets put on a one year hiatus from Arthur's company because she did work for them. And she also inherits a castle in Scotland, but she must leave at once. And if she spends one year in Scotland at this castle, she will get the rest of her inheritance, which is thirty million dollars.
1: I wouldn't even pay. I would be running like a cartoon character. You would see the breaking through of the wall of the outline of my body as I'm running to the airport. $30 million in a freaking castle in Scotland. Who wouldn't want that? Apparently, Sophie. She's
0: reluctant to do this because, of course, it's a big change. She kind of feels like she's in a good place and she does have that Mm -hmm. shitty boyfriend named Chad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And she's tired of people trying to control her life. Mm-hmm. And she that's what she thinks her uncle has done. And it, he tells her he wants her to restore the order. And she thinks when she hears that, that the castle is a run down piece of crap. And she's supposed to go over there and fix it restore the castle
0: yes she thinks the castle is basically like a bed and breakfast for people to go yeah. to or something so she's like mm-hmm. i don't know anything about running a hotel or castles or scotland like what the hell
1: yeah because the castle now they have tourists come and lachlan is one of the tour guides he wears his kilt and will give tourists a tour of the castle to make money.
0: So she's not that far off in what she thinks she's supposed to be doing.
1: But when she gets there, she's quickly
0: convinced that that's not what her purpose is to be there.
1: Yes, and the next chapter, when I read it, I thought, oh, here is your favorite part. The introduction of Matthew, who's her gay best friend. Le (laughs) 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 oh oh and she gets Matthew to go with her because Matthew is on sabbatical from his professor duties at UCLA, where he's working on a book, he was supposed to accompany his boyfriend on an archaeological dig, but the boyfriend went ahead and fell in love with someone else. Now we have Matthew has decided to use a sabbatical, pack his bag, and he's going to join her. And they arrive in Edinburgh. That's how you <laughs> say it. They taught me. Edinburgh.
0: I don't know when we find out, but Sophie's actually 31 which i appreciated because she's not some like 22 year old naive yeah. Yes. person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. Too young for a serious relationship. She's old enough.
0: And she came from the Los Angeles area, like we said Matthew works at UCLA. So this was the description of that she gives herself. Um, she thinks of herself as a well-padded body that meant i'd be the last to starve in a famine fair skin that set off my blue eyes and my crowning achievement, luscious auburn hair that I regularly piled into a haphazard knot on top of my head. But to me, I was just thinking, is she supposed to be overweight and frumpy? Because the way she thinks of herself doesn't Mm. sound like she's really saying, I don't know, why does she think of herself as a well-padded body? She doesn't think of herself as like having luscious curves and being voluptuous. And I don't know, this description was just kind of weird to
1: me. Yeah, it says, there's actually a line that says, I viewed myself and my body, though it has taken some time to reframe the negative self-commentary. And I think that several of these books, I don't want to say all of them, but several of these books talk negatively about a woman with curves. And that's kind of a bummer. I'm not, but it is. It bums me out that women are still judging their bodies like this.
0: Yeah. Or it's like the author wanted to make a voluptuous female main character, but she doesn't know how to describe her in a way that's not negative. I don't know. It was just kind of through me. There's a couple other things that happened that Mm -hmm. I highlighted in the book that I'll point out. Okay. So they finally make it to the castle. She doesn't have like the key or the code to get in or something. They finally get in there. And this was her first interaction with Lachlan I liked it because he says that's a bonnie lass who's trying to break into my home now isn't it can't decide if I'm to be flattered or angry the rasp of a strong masculine voice and the lilt of the highlands dancing on his words shivered against my skin
1: yeah and then she says I tore my eyes away from the walking fancy in front of me mm-hmm. and he yeah. of course
0: has piercing blue eyes rough cut cheekbones and thick dark hair to complete the picture
1: and he tells her sorry the the tours are only on the weekend and she says sorry to tell you but my name is Sophie McKnight and I own this place and his whole demeanor changes he gets really mad and he's like what did you say laugh did you say you're McKnight and she's like Mm -hmm. yes Arthur McKnight is my uncle He left the castle to me. And he's like, you're the McKnight. Because he knows the McKnight that was coming is supposed to be the one to help save the village with the Kelpies. And there's a woman standing in front of him. I didn't understand this part. He tells her his name and he says, I'm Lachlan Campbell. I live here and you don't. And you can see yourself out. And I thought, she owns the place why would he say that to her
0: i think he's freaking out a little bit that she's a woman that's supposed to be the knight and he was expecting a man and i think he's kind of worried for her it's not really explained i'm doing a lot of assumptions here but i think he's worried because he is kind of attracted to her we find out later on he's like instantly loving all of her curves in all the right places shout out mm. to one republic great band
1: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i love them mm-hmm. yeah. and i love her because right off the bat she's like i dig in my he- heels and she says to him that's gonna be a hard no for me buddy take your hands off me before you learn why jason from summer camp couldn't walk straight for an entire week i love that she is from the get-go she's a badass and definitely able to go toe-to-toe with lachlan
0: she is pretty funny and her internal monologue is pretty funny as well
1: Mm-hmm. yes and all of a sudden there's this she described flurry of barking bouncing through the foyer before the 12 inch ball of terror ricochets its way across the floor at us and she just looks at it and says stop and points a finger at the dog who's who immediately stops and Lachlan's like blown away but how did you do that because the dog is constantly biting and attacking him okay, i didn't like matthew being in this book with her but i did like this part of when they all
0: meet each other <laughs> L- yeah lachlan says to her you're meant to be a man and she responds am i funny i'm pretty sure you were the one calling me a bonnie last just a minute ago what's with all the last stuff by the way is it just an act you scots put on or do you Really use the term. Either way, I'm fairly certain we both know I'm not a man. I glared at him continuing to pet the trembling dog, which is what you just referenced. Mm -hmm. And then Matthew pipes up, if you do prefer men, however, and he starts to raise his hand.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I usually don't like, because of you, have conditioned me not to like the gay BFF or best friend. And I was like, I like him. It was actually pretty funny, that part. Because, see, he's swooning over these big hot Scottish men that he's I mean, gonna be in. And now that he's free and who wouldn't I mean yes he's basically me
0: <laughs> I'd be right you? there next to him yeah
1: well your mother would be knocking you to the ground to get ahead of you to get to them oh
0: yeah you'd be knocking all of us over that's right all right as so long as that's clear get out of my way bitch okay so <laughs> um I do like some of the <laughs> other side characters in this book as well uh we Mm -hmm. meet agnes and graham who are lachlan's friends they have some cute chemistry and banter with one another agnes owns a local bookstore and graham owns the local tavern but then i have to say that i was enjoying this book until we got to chapter six when something okay. really stupid happened, which I think ties in very well with what you were saying earlier. When they see a ghost Highland Coup roaming
1: the halls of the castle. I loved this part. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, you something, they think it's a ghost. And she's like, what could it be? And they, they hear this moo. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? And Matthew's like, That wasn't me. So she looks out the door of the bedroom, and there is a semi transparent healing coup, a ghost coup. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. I would love to see that when we go. Please let there be a ghost coup. I thought this was so fucking stupid.
0: I was just like it this book really lost me when this happened but I will say it was giving me very strong high spirits movie vibes yes that's <laughs> I love that movie I really enjoy that movie as well but that was a very cheesy, like, 80s movie. And so even though I highly recommend watching it because it is a good movie, I didn't I'm gonna see this, I- like, random thing in my book.
1: I freaking loved that movie. And now I forgot the name of that and i forgot about the movie but now that you've said it i'm gonna see if i can find it on tv and watch it today i think you can find it on prime because i
0: actually looked for it like (laughs) about a year ago randomly
1: god it was one of the best oh and the guy that plays the stinky scottish ghost isn't that liam what's his name uh nelson liam yes I can't
0: remember his last name. The really hot one yeah, does all of those movies where he's a badass. Yeah. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. And wasn't it Daryl
0: Hannah or somebody who was the woman?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to watch that. You should come over. We could watch it together.
0: Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Do some popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. When's the last time we did that? Can't even remember. I don't know, but we're going next weekend to see that Joy Luck movie, Joyride. Joy. Well, thank somethings- God
1: you you're told. I was going to ask you when are we going to go see that movie? So next weekend. Okay, fine. It's
0: not out yet, so yeah, we have to wait. Okay, I'm ready when you are. It looks fucking hilarious, and it has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Oh my god, does it really? Well, we can all use a good laugh. I'm all for it. I'm excited.
0: The rest of my notes I don't have in chapter order. So do you want to do your thing and then I'll just pipe in when I can? Or do you want me to just do what I have? Yeah, do say what
1: you have and I'll jump in. I love jumping Uh in, putting in where I don't belong. So go ahead. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they do end up telling Sophie
0: eventually that she has to join the order of caledonia if i'm saying that right to protect the stone she finds out that anyone who has the stone gets all of the knowledge of the universe and that the stone is protected in a small fortress on the island in the middle of the law and that this castle that she inherited the mac alpine castle was actually built to house the order of caledonia and those tasked with the protection of the stone
1: Oh, well, she also learns that she has to pass some tests, basically, to see if she is worthy to be the knight.
0: Yeah, I actually kind of liked this part. So she has to become the knight, and it says... Your duties, should you choose to accept them, will be to step into your power and to restore the order to its fullest. And in order for her to do that, she needs to pass three challenges. Once she is, I don't want to say reinstated, once she becomes the knight, then the Kelpies will finally rest and stop guarding the island so fiercely. But what I liked is that her challenges really aren't what you normally see in a fantasy romance. They're things like, courage and love and strength and they were pretty much non-physical challenges which i thought was a nice change of pace
1: yeah and i also like the part where they all go to certain points on the property and she has to repeat certain things saying that she's going to accept this, you know, and she wants to pass. And then they take her and she's like, once she did it, she's like, I don't feel any different. I don't feel anything. And they take her to the weapons room because of course every castle must have one. And they tell her, you need to pick the one that the weapon that calls to you. And that's going to be what she uses to protect the village. And she ends up picking like a short sword because I guess her uncle Arthur, her whole life growing up with this man, he was really into fencing and teaching her how to fence. She didn't know it at the time, but he I think he was training her all along and she does ask at one point why didn't arthur come here why isn't arthur the knight and they said maybe he was not worthy because matthew is very knowledgeable about history matthew believes right away sophie's the one i think that needs the convincing and she they all tell her you know he probably was not worthy to receive this honor and you are did i lose she you has,
0: no i'm still here oh, okay she has all of the traits and characteristics that you need to be the knight but she doesn't realize it yet because of course she's like the thing she picks i think is actually like a dirk like you're saying it's a very small sword and it's more yeah. for like hand-, hand to hand close combat she's like well if i'm supposed to be a knight don't i need like a Big sword, and I know how to fence, but it's not really the same thing. So she really is like doubting herself, like any of us would. But she does have all the traits that the order is looking for because she ends up completing challenges without even realizing she's doing challenges to begin with.
1: Oh, and the other part that I liked in this chapter where they're doing this, I think it's the same chapter, is he decides that he's going to go for a swim because he's just he he needs to become numb he's very attracted to her so he takes his clothes off and he goes in the water sophie ends up coming walking up and having a conversation with him and he's thinking I need to get out of the water and I don't think she knows I'm naked. And so (laughs) every woman's fantasy, big, strong, strapping Scottish man, he ends up finally climbing out of the water and walking to where her, his clothes are. She, it says, Sophie finally stops talking and her mouth drops open as I walk out of the river completely naked. I don't know how she controls herself. Well, she's all, you're naked. And he goes, I laugh. Oh my god, for someone to say that to me. I (laughs) said infusing my voice with a thicker accent. Do you think I was swimming in my clothes then? If I could fake a Scottish accent, I would be like Alec Baldwin's wife that fakes her Spanish accent, but mine would be Scottish.
0: I don't even know what you're referencing right now, but okay. (laughs) You don't know what I'm referencing?
1: You don't know about that? No. His wife was... Yeah, read, look it up afterwards. Alec okay. Baldwin's wife talks to everybody in a very heavy Spanish accent and had told people basically she was from Spain. She was not from Spain. She was from America. She had been to That's Spain so- once and in- heard. Oh my God, yeah. Please read it. Okay, well, it's fascinating. That would be me, though, with a Scottish. For people out there that know what I'm talking about, the insanity, which is the gauge I use to judge that I am still, in fact, sane. I'm nowhere Mm -hmm. near doing this. This woman's crazy and she's in a limelight and having children with him. I'm like, okay. So this actually reminds me of, let
0: me put a reference that I would relate to or know okay all right marit from real housewives of beverly hills (laughs) (laughs) people that watch this show totally know what i'm talking about she's from like connecticut or something totally random and she speaks with this very interesting like english accent
1: Mm -hmm. that's
0: not exactly english but it's kind of it's like her version of like english Meets the Hamptons, maybe. I don't. Nobody really knows what she's doing. And people in the show used to make fun of her for having this accent, being like, why do you speak like this? You are from Connecticut. <laughs> and yeah, know, she would then blame it basically on her English husband and being around people with accents so much that then she just does it and she doesn't even realize she's doing it. It's like, really? No, I think you know exactly what you're doing. Nobody just changes their voice.
1: Yeah, she wants to sound like royalty from England, I think. But this Alec Baldwin's wife has no excuse. He doesn't talk with the Spanish accent.
0: Okay, so let's get back on topic. Yes. So
1: <laughs> Must we?
0: Yes. So she, like I said, she does her tasks without even realizing it. And it turns out that she owns a bunch of the shops in the village in addition to owning the castle. Mm-hmm. And... So they're having trouble in the village because of the Kelpies and the lack of tourism, like I said. So she decides to make available a stipend for any families that need it and to provide free rent for at least a year for those in need that are the shop owners. I love that. Yeah, so because she does that, she kind of completes one task. And then I think another task she ends up doing is she cleans up all the accounting books and the office for Lachlan because that's what she really likes to do and for her it's not a chore at all but for Lachlan it's a big nightmare and he hates doing it so I think those are two out of her three tasks if I remember correctly
1: yes I yeah I think that is what happens and I just want to make sure that we don't skip this part I don't know where you are in the book but at one point they're talking about you know Her seeing Lachlan naked, she's talking to Matthew about it. And he's like, I want all the details. She's like, I'm sure you can imagine what he looks like without clothes on. And then she says, let's just say I could easily see him gracing the cover of one of those men's calendars. You know, the one where the firemen raise money for charity by posing half naked while cuddling puppies or kittens. And I laugh so hard because I send you those links all the time those are my favorite
0: they they have a bunch that they do in australia i see those all the time yeah
1: yeah i love those Mm -hmm. i do too and i thought oh you're gonna like this part oh i did
0: (laughs) 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 oh my god so matthew does return to america in chapter 20 i of course made Mm -hmm. a note for me it made me very happy when he finally left and then her and Lachlan grow as a couple I don't have any notes on anything that helps them grow as a couple my next note is when she finds the note in the desk drawer oh yeah the
1: envelope that's addressed to Lachlan so
0: she her and Lachlan are you know pretty much a couple at this point or they're like doing things with one another. So she finds that envelope and she, of course, opens it because, like I said, she's trying to clean up the office and because she owns the castle now, she's trying to familiarize herself with everything that's going
1: on there. And it's the first time that Lachlan leaves with his friend Graham, the bar owner, and they're going to go play golf. So he's mm, gone, yeah. You know, she's in his office doing this.
0: Yeah, I think he's at a t- there, like in the next town over or something, and she hasn't mm-hmm. really heard from him. But like you said, he's busy with Graham, and he's like just enjoying himself, like doing what boys do. So, anyways, in the envelope, it basically says that the sale of the MacAlpine Castle had included a clause that upon Arthur's death, if the caretakers of the castle could convince one Sophie McKnight to stay at the castle of her own free will for at least six months, then five million pounds would be put into a trust for the caretakers to use for castle upkeep. So, of course, she reads this, freaks out because she thinks the only reason that she's staying there and that Lachlan is having this relationship with her is because of this letter.
1: Yes, but you know the first thing I thought of when I saw this, or read this, Hmm. I, I didn't like this part because I thought... It specifically says in the book, the envelope is sealed. It was never opened. So I'm like, he never read it. Exactly. Okay. This, This was the
0: unnecessary third act breakup yeah in the author trying to wrap this story up because of course it says the envelopes sealed was never opened so how would he know what it says but as soon as she reads it she freaks out all her little insecurities come up because of course she's like oh Lachlan would never you know he's hot and buff and nothing but muscle of course he wouldn't want to be with a frumpster like me so mm-hmm. all that shit you know comes up again for her
1: and her abandonment so- issues from her parents.
0: I'm not sure how she thinks they're gonna cash this check, but she ends up writing a check for the five million dollars to Cook. Well she, she doesn't have her check? thirty million until she's been there for a year, right?
1: Yes, but didn't he give her some money to fix the castle? I thought he gave her some money. Oh, he did,
0: but okay, maybe that amount was enough to cover the check for $5 million. Okay, yeah, maybe that is what happened. So she writes that check, and then she decides to flee back to America to stop
1: you, because there's a part in this chapter that just absolutely broke my heart, where she packs her bags, and everybody from in the castle is out for the day, and she starts leaving, and she hears a moo, which is the most plaintive moo she's ever heard and it's Clyde the Heland coup who does not want her to go and she's like I I cannot do this and she's not going to cry over Lachlan but she thinks I'll be damned if a ghost coup isn't going to make her lose her shit and I thought I would cry too okay <laughs> I thought you were the animal lover. Apparently it's me. No, this, the whole ghost cow thing was just absolutely stupid to me. So it didn't really do
0: anything to me. Okay, So she flees to go back to America, but of course she makes it like one town over before she stops and has to like rest. And of course, as soon as she takes off, the Kelpies go even more insane because I guess they can sense that she's not there anymore. She hears about the Kelpies coming out of the lock and going into the village. So she decides to return to the castle to help Lachlan because she can think her power is to compel animals. Yeah. I think she earned a power when, yeah, she earns a power when she picked her weapon and decided to join the order. So that's her power. So she goes back, she tells the Kelpies to like, get back in your fucking lock, you bad Kelpies. No bad dog, bad. (laughs) (laughs) And she's able to get everything back in order. And then because she does this, she passes that last challenge test because when she came back to fight she got the courage challenge completed Mm -hmm. so now she's passed her third test and the story basically ends with them needing to find more people for the order because like we said she's the knight and she's only one member of the order so i think if you want to keep reading the series each book is about a different person joining the order
1: so what do you think
0: Hold. I have a couple other uh, quotes though that I wanted to oh, point please. out. Go right ahead. So at some point, Sophie says, "Just think of me like your annoying kid sister who will have a thousand questions for you." And Lachlan says, "Ach, lass, it's not a sister. I'll be thinking of you like." <laughs> 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 oh yes. Later on, Lachlan thinks how he's distracted from the way her round body shifted under her jumper. I was like, that was weird, the way that he's calling her body round, but okay. I actually really appreciated this part in the book because she's trying to put on new boots and she says that they don't fit and he says Mm -hmm. that should be the right size and she says that's the right shoe size but not the right calf size. Big girl problems are calves don't fit in normal boots. And A- fucking men because yes. i cannot not wear normal boots i always have to get the wide calf and even then it's like a stretch if it'll fit it's really annoying
1: well i didn't know until four years ago that they actually even made boots for bigger calves and I was overjoyed when I found out because I was always super jealous of women that could wear these sexy boots and their skinny little fucking bird legs in them. And I couldn't (laughs) get my legs in them.
0: Yes. It's annoying. It's yeah. So anyway, so
1: I really liked that part. You have to kind of balance that thought with the fact that they will probably get osteoporosis because of their thin bones and we will not Mm, okay i'll just think that i don't know if that's true but i like it i've heard it's true and i choose to believe it
0: Okay, Okay, but then something I didn't like was this, Uh, she's trying to like take her pants off or she's trying to do something and so she's hopping and he thinks, I enjoyed the hopping, her large breasts swinging in my face, her soft stomach rippling attractively as she did so know that was kind of weird to me too but i guess because men like soft things and women like hard things that's supposed <laughs> to be how it would think yeah
1: is that what it is
0: men like soft things well yeah it's funny because like men are hard themselves so they like women to be soft and pliant and women
1: are soft and so they like men to be hard oh well that's interesting you see you learn something every day that's my theory at least i've been thin i've been what i am now and i didn't think it made a difference because like apparently my obnoxious personality is always there no matter what (laughs) size i'm in that never changes shape (laughs) yeah my ability to let go and let a man control me it just cannot happen it's never going to happen and that's the problem but he thinks of her as his warrior goddess and his woman he's got he's trying to I loved it. I loved this part, chapter twenty-five, where they go to the cavern or the tavern, and he s- speaks this speak to speech to her. I think also they
0: fit well together because he's so kind of traumatized by what happened with his mom that mm-hmm. it's hard for him to let a woman be the warrior because he wasn't able to protect his mom, even though he was a little kid when his mom died. He still has all that
1: guilt. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So what did you think of the book? I love this book. I I loved everything about it. I absolutely love the description of the Scottish men and Graham and Lachlan, I like the interaction between um, Sophie and Lachlan. And I like the fact that she was such a badass and kicked his ass in the sword fight that they had. I like the fact, too, that it wasn't all serious. The coup made it even... It made it funny to me. I enjoyed it a lot. Instead of having a standard ghost, they said that uh, the farmer that used to own that land uh sometimes appeared too but that's why clyde the coup was there because he used to live on that land Mm. i would i definitely would get i think their scenes together were hot i love the way he spoke to her i would definitely would give this book probably four wet panties
0: So you enjoyed this book more than I did, because I think I would give it like two and a half dry panties. Oh, come Uh, on. I mean, I thought it was okay, but I didn't think it was super sexy. There was a lot of info dumping about the creatures and the rock and the order. But I did like that her tasks to complete were not physical. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, I felt like this was like an intro book to fantasy romance for non-fantasy romance readers. Because I didn't feel like that much, I mean, compared to some of these other books we've read, not much magical stuff happens here. Like there's the ghost cow, sure, and some Kelpies, but there's not a ton of like in-your-face fantasy stuff which is good but it's not necessarily for me because i'm like on the black diamond ski slope of fantasy romance and this is more (laughs) like somebody doing the bunny slopes
1: (laughs) yeah i i did feel it was kind of weird that the kelpies finally attack and all she does is hold up this short little dagger and they go away and she never went to the island. I thought for sure they were going to have to go to the island, and they didn't. And I wondered, why don't the Kelpies just stay around the island protecting this thing? If that's their job, why do they attack the villagers?
0: Yeah, so a lot of stuff was like explained in depth and detail, but then other stuff wasn't. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it is what it is, and maybe it gets explained more in the other books in the series, because mm-hmm. I don't know who's next in the order, but whoever's the next book w- is going to have to have something to build off
1: of. Right. Yeah, well, that's kind of a bummer, because there have been books that we've read that you've loved, and I've been like, how the hell could you breathe that thing so high?
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's fine, and like you said, you liked the ghost cow thing, and I just didn't. But I, there was other things about her and other things in the book that I thought were really funny. Yeah. Mm So, you know, it's fine. I mean, we like it and dislike it for, like, different
1: reasons. It's all good. Yep. Yes. I just thought it was a different kind of ghost. I'm like, well, that's interesting. It's not the same old, same old. It's a different kind of ghost.
0: Yeah, and there were plenty of things in there I did really like. I liked that she was a little bit older. And then I think Lachlan was 37 or 38, maybe. He was around her age, but a little bit older than her. So I liked that it wasn't the typical I'm 22 Mm -hmm. successful person for no reason kind of story.
1: Yeah, I did like the book, but honestly, I don't know whether I'll read the next book because there's so many other books out there. Well,
0: and then I don't think the next book is about anybody from this book. So
1: I did not like the... Antagonistic banter between Graham and Agnes. It's like, could you just go in the back wine cellar and fuck and get it over with? Because obviously you want to. And I don't understand why there's this contention.
0: Oh, I don't think the next book is out yet. It says Wild Scottish Love, second mm. book in the Enchanted Highlands series where a small town in Scotland holds its own against an ancient threat. Kitchen witches, myths come to life, steamy nights, and delightful banter
1: included.
0: Oh, so book two is not even out yet.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that answers, Um, that solves my problem. Do I read it? Do I not?
0: So, um, okay. And then our next book, like I said, is also set in Scotland. It is The (laughs) Fazed Gamble by Pharrell Dante dawson excuse me yes and this is a
1: new author for me is it new for you yes i just finished this last night the phase gamble yeah
0: okay yeah i finished it too but i have to do all my notes for it
1: so Well, i do too but um, yeah, I finished it while I was trying to protect Mr. Big against the ongoing stupid ass fucking fireworks. Oh, we did have a lot of fireworks last night for no reason. It was really annoying. I know this is a horrible thing to say, but I've always said I'm a horrible person. I I just wish <laughs> these people would these people would blow their fingers off.
0: Oh, they will. Some of these people will.
1: Yeah, I have not enjoyed a Fourth of July. In probably 30 years, because I've always had dogs and it terrifies dogs. It terrifies ex veterans. If you want to see a fireworks display, please go somewhere where they're having it. Don't do it in your neighborhood and don't do it for hours on end. Nobody wants to hear your shit. It's just an excuse to behave badly. I will also say, and this episode is going to come out the day after
0: Fourth of July. So I guess it doesn't really matter if I say this or not, but the day after Fourth of July is the busiest day at the animal shelter because so many animals freak out and get out of their backyards. Yes, or they're terrified. From their owners. Um. So keep your pets inside. We actually yes. got Bowie the day after Fourth of July, not thinking about the shelters being a shit show, and it was really sad to be in there to an- adopt a cat. And all of these dog owners
1: were coming in there trying to find their pets. Oh, how sad. It was really sad. Yeah, I hate you people. Yeah, now I don't even feel bad about wanting you to blow your fingers off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And um, do you want to
0: talk about anything you've read before we sign
1: off? I was having a hard time trying to catch up with... I'm still trying to finish Stolen by Starlight. You read that, right? Who's that by? Zoe Draven. I'm sorry, Sarah Hill. I'm almost done with it.
0: I don't... That's her new release, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you didn't read... You haven't read it? I thought you read it. No, but I have seen it all over Instagram. Oh, and I'm also... What I'm trying to finish is Desire in His Blood by Zoe Draven. Mm, and okay. uh, and I love Zoe Draven. Don't get me wrong. You read that book as soon as it came out, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So I'm struggling because I'm reading two good books at the same time, plus the books for for us. Plus, I'm trying to do a million things. I, I need can you come over and help me lift some dirt?
0: Sure. Um <laughs> tell me what are the what are the good books you're reading oh
1: the uh that i like this this um i just closed my stupid phone hold on hold on Jeez, library is this the
0: stolen by starlight is that one of the good ones yes
1: mm-hmm oh okay. yeah it is oh and i still have to finish american werewolf in space the second book which mm. is zero dark bloodthirsty but when i read that book i know that i i don't want to be reading multiple books at one time i want to just read whatever we're reading for the podcast in that book
0: so stolen by starlight is by the same author that did the mountains mate which is one of the books that we did for the podcast but sarah uh, ivy sarah ivy hill
1: hill yeah she in fact there's a book in this series i started reading it because she had a post on instagram where she's quoting one of these guys in the series and it What he was saying was so goddamn hot, I thought I was going to combust. And I instantly went and downloaded the series and started with book one.
0: Oh, I'm pretty sure I've seen that that post. There's Mm -hmm. actually on her thing that says today's the last day to get a free copy of
1: Stolen by Starlight. So I
0: think I'm going to have to go and download this right after.
1: Yes, um, definitely. And I'm sure I'm going to podcast. Oh, yeah. And here's Scorched by Starlight for 99 cents. I'm going to buy that. Yeah, it's all good okay cool okay what Uh, what are you reading how many books did you read while you were gone
0: actually not that many I didn't do that much reading while I was gone. I actually spent a lot of time socializing, which is totally not like me. Oh, that's so good. I met some people from California, from the Bay Area. I met somebody from New York. So I was like, my people, of course, I get along with y'all really well. (laughs) Not surprising.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, no matter how many years you're away from New York, you will always be a New Yorker. I'm speaking Mm -hmm. for myself, of course.
0: Yes. And so um, I actually was like very social. I went out to dinner one night and then there was a reception another night and then games. So I did that. I ended up playing games with a bunch of people that were there for the convention until like 1230 in the morning. So oh, wow, <laughs> like,
1: I, I'm, I'm shocked.
0: I, I, I had a good time, um, but I didn't do that much reading. And honestly, like the stuff I've read lately hasn't really grabbing me and loving it. Um, I read all of these books. I gave a three star review. Um, Wed to the Orc by Leila Fay, Pippa of Laramore by Sherry L. Tapscott, and House of Striking Oaths by Olivia Wildenstein. So I gave all of those three stars, which is unfortunate because House of Striking Oaths was the third book in a trilogy I was really looking forward to. And like the female main character was really bugging me, which is a bummer, but. Yeah. So anyway, so I read those right now. I'm actually beta reading a book for Brie that she has coming out um, (laughs) for her. (laughs) So I'm actually really liking that. It's a short story she did that I think is coming out in an anthology. September 12th. It's a true colors charity anthology and it's called the matchmakers. So anybody that likes male, male romance, that's the book that I'm a story for her. I'm currently
1: beta reading. All right. Well, you have a lovely day, honey. All right. You too. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the bonded books podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com and check the show notes for a link to all of our social media.